Hey there, folks. Welcome back to Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. I am your host and author, Stephen Craig, and uh, welcome to the unofficial uh, beginning of summer. I hope, like uh, like me, that you are beginning your summer with uh, with a bang and that it's uh, wonderful out there. You know, I wrote last week about... Um, I wrote about how the vaccine is allowing us to get back to normal for those of us who have, uh, in fact, gotten vaccinated. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting getting some feedback on that column last week. And um, so thank you to all of you. Uh, you know, it's funny. I had some folks, uh, it, it certainly, you know, there was a, col- a line in the column last week about uh, the toothless Walmart reader. And, and as I said to a lot of folks, if you write enough, um, you know, if you write enough in opinion columns and you, you throw it out there and, and push that envelope, eventually you're going to offend some people. And, um, you know, the two things that I found interesting about the sort of the controversy about all that and the like literally hundreds of comments that uh, came flooding in. Um, and I think that the, you know, the, first of all, the really interesting part about it was, uh, <laughs> I, I was like, I, that wasn't the line that I thought was actually all that offensive. I thought, if anything, what was going to push some people's buttons uh, was at the towards the end of the column, uh, in which I talked about how, uh, you know, that it could be because of the uh, politicalization of it all, uh, that this could be a way for uh, Democrats to uh, compete against the. <laughs> the voter suppression laws uh, by offing a lot of uh, a lot offing a lot of the anti-vaxxers who, of course, are Republican, and uh, and I, I found that uh, that nobody really picked up on that. That the, the column, the part of it that got people offended was the uh, toothless Walmart reader. The second part about all that is, of course, that you know when you're when you do when you push that envelope, um, you're going to have you're going to offend people sometimes, and. I welcome that feedback as much as I do anyone else. I, I had a couple of folks uh, jump um, to, you know, ch- sort of jump into my defense. And I appreciate that immensely. I really do. It's great to have uh, such wonderful readers out there. Um, but at the same time, I also was like, that that just is what it is. It's par for the course. If you're, as I said, if you're going to um, push that envelope, sometimes you're going to offend people. And I, I would hope that you come back and read next week and, um, that's just a part of it though, is that sometimes you are going to push that envelope for some people and, and that's okay. Um, this week may, might be no different to be honest with you. Um, and you know, it's funny, the, um, I found it, the other part of it that I found really fascinating last week, um, was that there were some folks that wanted me to, to change that line. Um, and particularly it was folks who were on the right side of the political aisle and, um, and folks who as a general whole have really, um, have really been upset by what they consider to be cancel culture. And I, and to be honest, I agree. I think cancel culture is horrible. Uh, I think it's, um, when we let, uh, whatever group of people, even if they're right, the, the people who are pushing for that kind of, um, that kind of silencing, um, whether they're on the side of virtue or not, uh, silencing people is never a good idea. Um, and I've written about that a couple of times. Um, but I found it really interesting that the people who really dislike cancel culture were 
telling me that I should change lines, uh, that I should rewrite that line in the column. And, and, um, and of course the irony of that being, that, you know, that's essentially trying to cancel what I was trying to suggest, you know, that they can get all worked up, um, about putting a disclaimer before the Muppets or anything else. Um, but they want me to rewrite a line because it offends them. And the reality is, is that at some point or another, people, no matter what you do or say, somebody's going to get offended. And we can't go about silencing voices uh, just because of the fact that it might offend somebody. Um, in fact, I think in this day and age, we need more people to stand up and speak their mind just as it is instead of trying to couch it in the terms um, that won't offend anybody else. And so with that, I bring you to this week's uh, Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, and uh, it's probably, to some degree or another, for some folks, uh, no less controversial, because this week uh, I'm taking on the issue of overpopulation. And if you don't know, uh, just recently, China, the world's most populous uh, nation, um, changed limitations that they've had in place uh, for years on um, the number of children people can have. And years and years ago, it was actually... China had gotten down to uh, restrictions allowing couples to only have one child. Um, they bumped it up to two uh, several years back and just recently um, moved it to three. Uh, and they did so in large part um, for really two reasons, uh, the, or at least as so is expressed in policy um, and speculation. But the, the first reason being is to, that their population was getting so old that it was going to be difficult um, for a much smaller, younger generation to be able to take care of, um, to take care of that generation, that older generation economically, etc. Um, but the other reason was to continue to spread their influence of their culture throughout the world. And this has been, um, throughout human history, there, this has been a theme of particular cultures and religions wanting to uh, increase their world influence um, and thus encouraging the folks within their uh, demographics to, to have more children, um, most notably Mormonism, Catholicism, etc. Um, interestingly, that, that was never a problem up until about 100 or so years ago, in which case the human population boomed. And as you're going to find out in the course of the research that um, – that I did for this article, that the sustainable world population is right about uh, just a bit under 2 billion. Um, we passed that mark almost a century ago. And that's when this idea of trying to populate the earth with more people um, became untenable. And, uh, but not only do we do that on a, on a national scale, like within the idea of a particular culture or religion trying to spread um, the you know, try to propagate the ideology of that particular group. We just do that as individuals as well, having more than, uh, you know, obviously if we have two people, um, a couple, and they have two children, well, the two older people will die off, leaving the two younger people. We, we maintain that, um, that population at, at, you know, at a relative constant. But when folks start having more than two children, uh, obviously leads to an increase in the population. And that becomes, uh, as I'll explore in this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, uh, that becomes simply untenable. And so uh, we have to start to think about what that means and what that, uh, wh what are the sources for that and how do we inevitably uh, cut that, curtail that. 
And with that, I bring you to this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, called Kids Are Like Beers. You Should Only Have Two. I am not a big dude. Clocking in at a modest 5 foot 8 tall and a hardly robust 160 pounds, I know that there are many folks out there, including many women, that weigh considerably more than I do. And I'm okay with that. After all, when it comes to going out for a night on the town, I make for a cheap date, even if I am the one doing the buying. Given that I rarely drink outside of social situations, I am well aware that my alcohol tolerance barely surpasses that of a teenage gymnast, unless she's from Russia. But when I'm hanging out with my friends, I will often find myself enjoying an adult beverage or two. But that's exactly it. Two should always be my limit. When I polish off my second daddy soda of the evening, I generally find myself with a mild but quite congenial buzz, just enough to offset the stress and bullshit of yet another week. On those rare occasions when I do imbibe more than my allotted to, I indubitably find myself feeling like crap, be it soon thereafter or sometime the next morning. Yes, even wonderful things like alcohol should have their limits, and when it comes to mine, I know it should be too. The same could be said of children. I absolutely adore my two little noisemakers, and having them as part of my life has unquestionably been the best thing that has ever happened to me. But even the prospect of having a third child was quite enough to leave me running as fast as humanly possible to the doctor for the vasectomy I never could have imagined wanting before I had children. Kids bring us joy, perspective, gratitude, and humility. But they also bring us early-onset dementia, gray hair, and enough stress to overwhelm a Tibetan monk, which is probably part of the reason they don't have kids in the first place. But if you think my little global microcosm of three human beings is struggling at times to meet the demands of its two youngest members, just imagine how our planet is faring in meeting the needs of 7.9 billion world citizens. Studies indicate that the planet can comfortably sustain life for about 1.9 billion humans long term. Problem is, that we surpassed that number over a century ago in 1919. In fact, the human population remained fairly consistent for centuries, never exceeding 1 billion until the early 1800s. But with the industrial evolution came increased fertility rates, longer life expectancies, and a higher propensity for migration all contributing factors in an exponential growth in human population. As such, there are now twice as many people on the planet as there were when I was born in 1971. And no, I don't want any old jokes here. I did just turn 50. <laughs> With approximately 1,400 people being added just in the time it takes to read this article, and 140,000 more in the course of today alone. A 2014 study conducted by... De demographers from several universities in the United Nations suggested that we would top 11 billion people by the end of the century, which begs the ultimate question, just what is the impact of having all these humans roaming the planet consuming resources? The answer, I'm afraid, isn't good. Our planet has already started giving us the warning signs that we better rein in this population curve, that it simply cannot sustain more and more people going forward. While the global food crisis and massive starvation may not be an ever-present reality for those of us in privileged industrialized nations that do not suffer the ravages of food scarcity, they are very much present in Africa and Asia, where 690 million people are undernourished and 9 people die of starvation each and every year. 
Moreover, the carbon footprint of nearly 8 billion people is beginning to rear its ugly head as global warming continues to increase the devastation wreaked by storms, fires, and other naturally occurring phenomena. As we consume more and more of the Earth's resources and ravage the inherent protections intended to inoculate us from these tragedies, Mother Nature is sending us a very deliberate message. Knock this shit off. The solution is obvious. Have everyone limit their reproduction to two offspring. Now, I'm no math major or anything, but I think the computation is fairly straightforward. Two adults replacing themselves with two children, i.e. two minus two, equals zero population group. Problem solved. Our world, however, is mired in gluttony and self-indulgence. What else can you call it when folks decide they need to have more than two children in a world that is so clearly overpopulated? Some religions, notably Mormonism and Catholicism, encourage elevated rates of reproduction amongst their adherents in order to dominate the world with progeny that will gravitate towards their theological viewpoint and thus enhance their global influence. China, the world's most populous nation, once limited couples to just one child in an effort to curb overpopulation, but has recently eased that restriction to three children per couple in order to ease the burden of an aging population by replacing them with a more robust, younger generation, and to continue to spread their own cultural and economic influence across the globe. Like many nations, they are obsessed with the notion of making the world look and think more like themselves. Still, is it any different for individuals who opt for more than their fair share of children? Isn't this a subconscious statement that the world needs more people like you rather than all of the other people having kids these days? Or perhaps it is a reflection of their belief that they simply have more love and resources to give in raising a child. But if that truly were the case, wouldn't the world be better off if they just adopted or gave money to a struggling family that had plenty of love to spare but not the financial means? What it really comes down to in that case is that they just want to. Like me opting for a third or fourth beverage, it fills them with an aggrandized sense of self-importance and makes them feel better about themselves. But just because you want to doesn't mean you should. Unless you suffer from a severe case of megalomania and self-absorption with an ego the size of Kim Kardashian's backside, you realize that you and your gene pool are no better than anyone else's. And that in a world with nearly 8 billion people, we don't need any more of you. Or anyone else for that matter. In fact, we need a lot, lot less of everyone. So be like me, and stop it too. The world will thank you for helping cure its human-induced hangover. Alright folks, as always, uh, please feel free to send me your thoughts, uh, <laughs> comments, criticisms if you want. Um, and uh, as always, we're here to we're here to listen, and uh, I love it. I love the idea of people sharing their ideas, even when uh, it's telling me to go screw myself. And with that, I will be back next week, uh, right here at uh, available on Podbean for those of you who like the podcast version. As always, the uh, actual text itself is available on Medium. It's also available on my website at www.waitingfortoday.com, uh, and. Uh, Look out soon for uh, coming into print, a collection of Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, um, the book version, Carpe Effing Diem. Until next week, folks, peace out.